Hi guys, uh, welcome to another episode of Chef Life with me, Alistair. Uh, today we're here at the awesome Fair Kitchen in Wakefield, the man who coined the phrase awesome, in my <laughs> opinion, uh, with Ben, the owner and head chef here. So welcome, Ben. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, just if you'd like to start off, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, how you got here, your journey, and then we'll get into some stuff. So Bear Kitchen started off literally six years ago. We're looking at August six years ago. It's crazy to think how much time's passed and what's been going on. Um, and primarily what we were doing is we wanted to sort of take high level sort of like chef driven, not complex food, but like good food yeah. and introduce it to the fast food market. Yeah. Um, we felt that there was a, a genuine gap um, in that area. And so we chose Wakefield um, primarily due to the fact that it was on the M1, the M62, it sounded really weird. But like that's but that's why you know it was sort of like it was somewhere which was going to happen like with Leeds and the gentrification of that yeah um, and we were looking at overspill yeah so we thought well let's take it to sort of a provincial town instead of going to a city centre let's get food which is real so we were looking at Americana I spent a few years living in America my family still live in the states nice so it's like uh, Connecticut so oh, just nice. outside yeah, New yeah. York. Um, about 45 minutes drive from Manhattan itself. Nice. And it was really taking that, like New York, Delhi, where you turn up and you get the chicken scarf in the roll and they basically wrap it all up, throw it in a box and there you go. Yeah, So we did that six years ago and it's been an absolute roller coaster since. We've had everything else. We've had the COVID, we've had the cost of living crisis and we're sat now in a restaurant area which at first we didn't think we were going to have. Yeah. We set up as a takeaway. Yeah. It was primarily takeaway and we're now sort of, we've got a little restaurant, you know, we've got 36 covers and we're trying to push up some really amazing food. So that's, that's where we're at. You've, you've still, what I really like about it, I mean, we've worked here about four or five years now. Yeah. But I like how you've stuck, you had like an ethical vision yes. for the business and you've really stuck to that. And it's one of the themes we see across uh, some of the chefs we talk to is those ethics matter almost as much as how you're preparing that food. Do you know what I mean? That, that draws in the customer. I think, you know, you say almost as much. I, I actually think we're at a point where it is just as important, okay. you know, and, you know, we're in a situation where we can create, we know like with the training and the sort of understanding of food and flavors that we can create sort of very high quality food here. But part of the whole ethos behind business is trying to push forward not only something that tastes good, mm -hmm. that it's got sort of a, um, I like, I, I don't like to use the word ulterior motive, yeah. but at the same time, it's got the, it's health conscious as well. Yeah. So, you know, everything from where we source things, what the interaction is behind it, the scenes, um, and, and going down to sort of how we employ our staff and, and the sort of positivity behind that, you know, like in terms of our staff, we, you know, worked very well, like closely with people who have been in very tough situations from coming out of prison yeah. to growing up in sort of like disadvantaged sort of areas and really trying to create a positive environment where they can come in 
are they're able to learn some skills and progress in the real world, yeah. which is a very difficult place nowadays. Yeah. So, you know, we've got that side of it. And then coming into the food side of it, you know, we're very focused in, as I said, the quality, yeah. but also how that interacts in our daily life. Yeah. And fast food has got a little bit of a bad rap, I would say. You yeah. know, like generally, it's viewed as being bad for your health yeah. and also sort of possibly even bad for the environment. Yeah. And as you said, there's an ethical side of it and we're trying to counterbalance that. I think you do that really well. I mean, I think is it what, what I've, I've really enjoyed watching is the evolution of your menu from when you were takeaway to as you've added in the restaurant. I feel you've got more creative, not that you weren't creative and just takeaway, but you've got a bit more adventurous with the flavours, not just stereotype. What I would have, if I was telling my friend what Bear Kitchen was, yeah. I think it's very different. Two years ago, how I would have put you into words is how I put you into words now. Yeah. Because your specials are kick-ass. Like, I love it. Well, that's, that's exciting exciting for us you know like you know we we work with yourselves which has got like an amazing sort of array of especially like the far eastern ingredients and stuff like that um and that's that's really exciting we also work we've worked with charities which are to do with food waste yeah um and really look at you know it from an environmental point of view where that food itself um hasn't even got to market you know it's literally from between the farm and the supermarket, it's like, that doesn't look right, it's going in the bin. Yeah. And I think that in itself is um, a disgrace. Yeah, it's true. And, yeah. and we need to really work, you know, as an industry yeah. um, at sort of getting better with that. So we work with that side of things. And that in itself, you know, being able to like procure awesome ingredients yeah. and be able to be put in a ready, steady cook every week yeah. where you go, well, here you go, here's some ingredients, <laughs> yeah. go for it. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. And that's where the sort of, I would say, the drive and the ingenuity comes yeah. from. And so just, just going back a little bit, so how did you get to this point then? So what was your sort of program from Little Ben to where you are now? <laughs> well, I have now, which is really scary, I've been in the industry well over 20 years. Wow. Okay. which is, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll you know, I've not really done anything else. Yeah. Um, it started off with me going to university, interested in politics, interested in history, um, and being somebody who wanted to sort of change the world. Nice. Um, looking at a social work sort of side of things eventually. And at the same time as this all happening, I... Um, I was always involved in kitchens. Right. I was, it was like the side, the byline job that I was doing all the way through. And I remember sat there, you know, in my little studio apartment at the time thinking, do you know what, Ben? You love this. You've grown up with this. I grew up with my grandparents had a, a restaurant on the Isle of Wight. Nice. Grew up there and I used to go in the kitchen as like, you know, a six-year-old and be fascinated with it. Yeah. And I thought, this is a path you can take. This is something that you can do. It's something you're really, really invigorated by. Yeah. And so I started off in fast food. Nice. Um, you know, which most chefs want to talk about their sort of like, yeah. the prestige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was no prestige. I started off working in like KFC. I worked in the first subway that had ever existed in Leeds. Awesome. Which was very busy. Yeah. Um, 
I worked within sort of pub chains, yeah. which, you know, everything was boiling a bag or a microwave. And, yeah. And I was doing that. So I got used to the service side of it. And I got to a point where I went, right, do you know what? We're going to do a summer season. So I went down to Cornwall. Yeah. And worked in Polzette which is opposite Padstow. Right. So Rick Stein country. Yeah. And worked in this beautiful, it was called Thins. It was a beautiful, like 22 cover nice. seafood Fancy. restaurant. Lovely. Where the yeah. fishermen used to come every morning, drop off a crate and go, there you go, boys. Yeah, lovely. So, and I had this head chef who was from New Zealand. Yeah. Who was bringing in at the time, and we're talking, this is 20 years ago. Yeah. Fusion, fusion, and right. it was the first time I'd ever seen this sort of like fusion cookery where he he had obviously grown up in a world where Japanese ingredients and sort of Southeast Asian ingredients were quite the norm. Yeah, and we hadn't really seen this over here that much. Yeah. It was a little bit. So I I was trained in that environment where you know you've got a fresh fish and it's like right that's what we're doing tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and that excited me and then from there I I didn't look back worked in basically Mission Star rosetted worked my way up and then as you said six years ago decided let's let's do it up for ourselves nice you know and so that's I think you've really changed this like it's interesting from as we were talking before we started the podcast your little Facebook videos I used to watch your little cup of tea yeah before you started this loved it and then I I think that I'm not saying you started this locally, but the the wave of trying to be a bit fancier fast food, I think you led that, especially around here. There's not, and I still don't think there is anything really close uh, to you. Especially thank you. No, definitely. <laughs> thank well, you so much. Yeah, you definitely. Know, like this, you know, and I think that's, it's been really interesting working with you, watching that progression as well. And equally, your assortment of ingredients that you're buying. Yeah. Then we had the COVID thing, and it was just like, bang, 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 bang. And then, I think you kind of, with the restaurant, like you said earlier, you know, found your feet with that, and you really expanded out, which is awesome. And, and well, thank you so much for that. It actually genuinely means a lot. Well, it's you super, know, not really, I mean, if you look around, brother, there's not, you know, there's pimp my fry type rubbish. But that's it. There's no, there's no thought going into it. It's kind of. And I think that's where we're at six years later, yeah. is there's a lot of thought going yeah. into exactly what we're doing. Yeah. And... We're really trying to look at each individual sort of um, ingredient, where it's come from, what it does to you, and how it sort of, you know, works from there. Yeah. And, um, oh, we've got some coffees coming. This is exactly what we need. Um, (laughs) And it's like even down to, for example, like our coffee, you know, we work with a a local roaster. Yeah, yeah. And we've developed our own blend yeah. to the point where we're able to actually turn around and, you know, sort of say, well, actually, you know, it's got natural processed Ethiopian in there. It's got, you know, a little bit of Brazilian and a little bit of Cuban. Nice. And we sat down and we sort of like played with the flavors and tried to work it out. And we're going down to that level. Nice. We're looking at the salt that we put onto our fries, yeah. we've worked with that. It's yeah. not just salt. You yeah. know, we're working that down into like, we've used like garlic in there, a little bit of onion in there. We're looking at herbs, <coughs> a little bit of spice, but not like in a, a heat sort of way. Yeah. Just to sort of like put it in there and, and really punch that umami through. Yeah. So that's where we were. And then personally, 
I've not, I wouldn't call it sort of a quest, well you could call it a bit of a quest, but it's looking at the impact of ultra processed foods. Yeah. And in being a chef and caring about what I want to create for people, I've been listening to multiple books about this and, you know, really fascinated with the impact of not only sort of the quality of the food of but how it impacts us yeah. as individuals and a society, which, you know, it sounds really nerdy, but I think we really need to pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in terms of sort of where we want to go with this, we're on sort of a, a mission to try to really look at reducing anything that we use yeah. from an ultra-processed point of yeah. view um, and going towards... You know, everything made in-house in a way and looking at sort of really sourcing certain ingredients to be able to aim yeah. to us to get to that point. But I think that's interesting because what one of the themes we see from uh, Rosetta Michelin outlets is a lot of it is they've got a garden on, they're inevitably beautiful country manners, blah, blah, blah. They've yeah. got a garden on the estate. Uh, for example, Josh at Goldsbury, you know, he picks from the garden every morning, chain it, uh, Woodall Spa, etc. And then that will go in, like you were saying, with a fish, that will go into the dish and the menu for that evening. Yeah. But then I suppose what I find interesting with you guys is scaling that into an affordable meal and you're not paying, dropping 80 quid for a tasting menu. Yeah. You're getting quality that you want to eat time, day in, day out. But then it's how do you take what you're saying and turn it into a commercial? Well, this, this, is, the, this is the point, isn't it? It's like how can we sit here on the bottom of Westgate End in Wakefield mm -hmm and try to produce something which is tasty, but also has got sort of an ethical background there without charging 20 pounds for a burger. Yeah. And that's been the mission really, is like yeah. it is breaking down to looking at every single ingredient, you know, from the beef that we use, to the cheese that we use, to the bread that we use, to the seasoning that we use, yeah. and really sort of you know, trying to weigh that up. And there's a side of it of, as a nation, why should we only be able to achieve like sort of like the level of quality through going to a restaurant where you're paying yeah. a significant amount of money? And it is no way bad, bad mouthing them. You know, no, no, they no, no, are no. in themselves yeah. amazing. I, and I find that you're paying for the technique and the effort level yeah. at that point. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I think to put it into the masses hands there needs to be a level of standardization i'm not saying it needs to be ultra processed but there has to be a point where to make it commercially viable you know you're like right i can offer these seven dishes yeah but i can't change the menu out every six weeks no that's and i think that's where we're sort of looking at it you know in as you said that standardization that's where i think there needs to be real work within the food industry agreed yeah. uh looking at how people can make that choice yeah and understanding the level of, you know, if we're gonna get very political about it, but also like almost the level of corruption and the level of control that major players yep. have over the food industry. And this is something that as a, you know, as a chef, I've always been interested in. Yeah. And then recently it's really trying to sort of create a, a grassroots movement of educating people about food yeah. and understanding if you sit down in our restaurant and have 
you know, a burger, that there is a side of it where it's, you know, the connotations behind that is that it's bad for you, it's a treat. But once it's in a situation where everything in that burger is actually natural, yeah. there's no ultra-processed foods, there's, they've not filled it out with gums and stabilizers and emulsifiers yeah, 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 yeah. to sort of bulk it out. That is real food. Yeah. And we should be proud of the fact that eating real food is good for us. Yeah, yeah. And it's not trying to say that you need to eat cheeseburgers every day, no. but the fact that you should have the confidence of where you pick to eat your food yeah. sort of impacts your life you know, on, a, on the long term. I think it's, it's really interesting as, as we get older, although I look, so I'm 27, I'm, I'm not, it's, it's a myth, it's a myth. Yes, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it's, um, it's funny, one of my good friends, I think you know him actually, uh, Johnny Watson, so he's big in his health and fitness, big in does his little Facebook videos and stuff. But I kind of go to him, because he spends a lot of time, similar to yourself, thinking about this sort of stuff. So he grows a lot of his own fruit and veg. But again, he's, as he's getting older, you can see where his thinking changes, and he's more interested in putting things that he knows almost from farm to fork into his yep. body. He's interested in fitness, which focuses on mobility, because he's like, as you get older, that's what's going to go first. Yep. And there's real thinking behind what, what he's saying, you know, it resonates. And I kind of feel this, as we all get older, that's more important. And to your point there with the government, I find it hilarious that all the big businesses from COVID got all the bailouts yeah. without paying it back. Little businesses like ourselves, not such a big deal. You've got to pay you got, back it, 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 Everybody got yeah. a little bit of a kickback, yeah. but that, that did yeah. really but nothing. I find it hilarious that if you, know, you had a magic wand, putting time and effort into the food chain, how our children eat, and changing that thought process behind that, along with, say, your fitness, etc., that to me is a lot more important than everything else I want to invest in, like ultra broadband for everyone. Like, yeah, and I and I totally agree. I think we're at a situation where we're at a tipping point. Yeah, you know, and the research, which is literally coming out, sort of as we speak, yeah. is talking about our food industry, talking about the way that it's been sort of proliferated, you know, purely for profit. Yeah. And, you know, we sit here and we talk about, oh, well, you know, what do we need to do to be able to help it? And as a business, we're like, oh, well, we'll do all the best. But when you're looking at schools and you're looking at like the NHS yeah. and you're looking at sort of public responsibility, you know, it needs to come from a much higher level Absolutely. than what we've got. <coughs> and you know, and I think it's down to businesses like ourselves and other like-minded yeah. individuals who are able to look at this and go, do you know what, let's change public perception on this. Let's actually educate. Yeah. Because, you know, in the days of phones and, and in days of sort of like that Google knowledge almost that we've got now, it is, you know, everything's sort of like at your fingertips, yeah. yet you're very much led in specific ways. Yeah. And I think for people who have got a specific almost um, presence, you know, like yourselves yeah, yeah, and like ourselves, yeah. it's down to us to really sort of work in a way that we can start to educate people to understand the impact which food has. Yeah. And food, you know, I always grew up with, if you go and as you were talking about chefs who go and pick stuff from the garden and you go out to the sea and you fish like yeah. for a, a fish and you, you create it there and then, we all know as a nation, we all know as individuals around the world that that is amazing. Yeah. And, but why have we been led down this sort of path 
which is leading down a very different route yeah. to sort of mass-produced food-like substance almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's you know bulked up with lots of nasties. Oh, it's hilarious! Like, but, so my background was more supermarket, so I worked for a number of different brands and went to Sainsbury's, Tesco, etc. But when the horse meat thing was a yes. scandal, like, I found that hilarious. Like, some some people knew, like, just can't believe they've done it. I'm like, you can't pay a quid for you know eight lasagnas or whatever it is, or twenty burgers frozen. There's, you've got to think about who's involved in that. A farmer that has to grow a cow, yeah. you know, feed a cow, manage a cow, or yeah. so, the processing plant, the producer. The, you know, the factory workers, all the packaging, the marketing department, let alone Tesco taking 60%. Do you know what I mean? That, and then you're paying a quid for it. Like, what did you think was going to be in it? Yeah. You know, it's not, you don't, it's not Daisy the cow. Well, <laughs> birds I know its name. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, it's, um, I, I just kind of feel there's, there's a real disconnect with people with food. So I think, you know, I'm in a privileged position where my daughter gets to come in a place like this, meet people like you, Northcote, all these beautiful places. So, I think she's hopefully got a better understanding than say Bob's kids, who doesn't. And their their closest connection to food is whatever mum buys from Tesco. Yeah. And let's be honest, nine times out of ten it's gonna be cheaper as cost of living goes. Yeah. Up. And then the odd trip to Mackey's. Like it, there's gotta for me, to your point, there's gotta be a perceptive change in the way we raise our kids around food. Totally agree. It's, and it's it's scary, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and we sit there on the sort of precipice almost. You know, we serve burgers, we serve fries, we serve sort of, you know, that food that's got that image of being yeah. unhealthy and, and negative for society. But in itself, you know, is a big difference between us being able to sort of look at exactly where that meat's coming from exactly. and exactly where those in ingredients and what they do yeah. um, to everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, the only thing I can ask for as somebody is like, I want to see more ingredients that I am able to look at and say, I understand where this comes, where is this French fry coming from? Yeah, yeah. What potatoes is it made out of? And how does it interact with things like the gut biome and, and the, you know, my customers. I don't want it to taste awful. I want it to be good, but I also want it to be natural. Yeah. And who is doing that right now? And where can we sort of look at doing that? Or is that a case of we have to do everything in-house? Yeah. And why is there a system where that exists? Yeah. And you know, how can we look at forward at changing that? And Agreed, it's gotta be commercially viable. Like, yeah. I keep coming back to this, you know, everything's got a cost. So what we found when I bought this business, it was mainly cafes we went into, which it was all price driven. So it was commoditized, cheapest, but they didn't care where it came from, bacon, not, broad strokes here, not every cafe the same, but didn't, they just want the cheapest beans, the cheapest bacon. I'm like, I don't want to be in that business. You know, I want to work with creative people like yourself. And that's, that to me is more interesting, but more long-term security for the future yeah. of hospitality, catering than anything else. Yeah, you've got extremes like Lisa at North Coast, just phenomenal things. That's real artistry. But then equally, what you guys do is artistry in its own right. You know, like the people might come here for the ethics, but I bet they stay for the food, without coining a phrase, you know. Well, that's the truth, it's isn't it? It's like the ethics have to go alongside. It takes the back seat. Yeah. You know, if you're able, for, for, as a chef or as a, a business, yeah. able to produce something fantastic, yeah. people want to get on board with that. Absolutely. And that's what people talk about. They come here. And like, you know, going back to sort of you were saying about what really led you to sort of doing this, 
I think, you know, with working in the more fine dining yeah. element, and you'd be sat there and it was, you know, people would eat it in a sort of exploratory manner. Exactly. Yeah. So you'd sit there and go, oh, well, actually how this element works with this element, I'm really impressed with. Yeah. And you would break it down to such a level. Whereas I feel like with their kitchen, it's almost about the primal yeah. element. It's like you take that bite yeah, and it. go, oh my God, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. for me, that primal sort of reaction yeah. is far more satisfying than somebody breaking down Absolutely. the elements. Yeah. And trying to create something like that, which also has got the positivity behind it, yeah. is the ultimate goal, really. It is, but I think you hit that. I mean, what I, as we said earlier, without covering all ground, you know, I think the the beauty of the addition of the restaurants allowed you to play with different flavours. So it's it's moving further away from burger and fries and more into a bit more fine dining. But I'd say for the masses, maybe it's a better phrase than that. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah. It, well, it's you're just, introduced to a lot of new. Flavors it's awesome and, food, isn't yeah. it? it? You know, it's, it's like actually creating genuine home cooked but to a level of, you know, 20 years plus, you know, the guys in the kitchen who've also got multiple years of experience. Yeah. You know, it's created by people who've got a genuine passion, yeah. who love eating, who yeah, love yeah, food, yeah. and care about not only the environment, but also the impact that that food's gonna have on you. Yeah. And that in itself, in a nutshell, is what we try to do. Absolutely. And I think, again, to your earlier point, I think there's a, I always feel the food industry gets a lot of misconceptions. So there's people we've met over the last couple of years where they go vegan because they think that's the right thing to go and it's best for the environment. Yeah. But again, it's a lack of understanding. A bit like you're saying with the gut biomes, you know, you go into Tesco now, it's full of kefir. And yeah. I would say five out of ten people buying that product have no idea what, what it's for or what it's doing. They've read it in whatever They've been told. Read. Yeah, exactly. And, and the industry sits there with labels telling us yeah. what's good for us. Exactly. And actually, when you talk about kefir, I'm, I, at home, yeah. you know, I make my own yeah. uh, kefir and, you know, nice. water and milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I find it very important that my children, I've got three kids, yeah. you know, sort of consume this sort of stuff. I think, you know, really looking at the long term. But I'm somebody who has lived, worked, breathed, cried, fucking yeah. everything yeah, 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 with yeah. food. And that's somebody who's so passionate about it and that's where I'm at. But the, the average Joe, you know, hasn't got an understanding yeah. like that. Doesn't, like, doesn't sort of link themselves in. And, you know, I think when you're looking at sort of labeling, when you're looking at the packaging of things, I think we really need to look at legislation again yeah. in terms of you know the government being involved to say, look guys, you need to really tell people what's going on with this yeah. and the impact it has. Because a lot of the time, you know, without being scaremongering, it's lying to you. Yeah, of course you know, it's, yeah. and you know, how we perceive that packaged food, you know, oh it's healthy for us, it's got no added sugar. Yeah. Well, it, it, that's not what it's saying at all. Yeah. And you have to be taught on how to read those food labels. Oh, that's true. But then I think you're right there. What I've always found interesting is take my mum and dad, for example. So they'll go to Asda and they'll see they're simply the best of whatever. Mm. Top. And they think, oh, top bananas. Really, it's got more sugar, salt and fat in it than the standard own label version or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, but that's not, 
the, the things which are delivering the taste are things which aren't particularly great for you. Do you know what I mean? In my opinion, in the pre-packaged ultra-processed foods. But this, again, is the packaging leads it in because it's sparkly and it's, you know, you've got some celeb chef on the, yeah. on the packaging and you're rocking up. Which actually, as a chef, yeah. really upsets me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like you're looking at people, and I'm, I'm not going to use names, yeah, yeah. but you're looking at very high-level celebrities yeah. putting their face onto things. Yeah who maybe have even gone out there and tried to sort of champion positive eating and positive foods yeah. and it's at some point it's cash yeah and yeah. and that's what it comes down to yeah. and you know how can we as a nation really start looking at this you know is it going to take a point where you know we're looking at you know we have these big questions like what we're going to do with the nhs and you know how is the country going to move forward after you know, I would say the last 13 years of really being sort of, you know, put in a position of negativity, especially the last five years from COVID and, yeah, yeah. you know, the cost of living. You know, how are we going to move forward? And it takes legislation. You know, it takes us to look at the food industry in the same way, you know, and I don't want to be too alarmist, but like as the tobacco industry yeah. and say there needs to be actually scientific data and people looking at this in a way which is going to lead us forward to create a healthier nation yeah. so that actually the impact on things like the NHS isn't the same as it is right now. Because right now we are stood there yeah. on a precipice, you know, looking into this future where we're getting fatter, we're yeah. getting unhealthier, yeah. and we're addicted to foods where we don't really understand the impact that they're having on us. Oh, great. But the, don't just come on Netflix. That Blue Zone documentary, yeah, which has been around for forever, like I've heard different things about mm. it over the years. But it's true, if you go to certain elements of Greece and things, and Japan, I mean, obviously we do a lot of Japanese, Italy, Greece. and yeah, yeah. But that, that's all. You know, the meal time is a family time, and work. It's not a sandwich at your desk. You know, I think that the way their cultures evolved, certain ways of living have stayed. Whereas I feel in the UK, it's mm. you got to push. You got to push, 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 and you, do, yeah. you know it's it's hard as a business. But then equally, from my perspective, I have every morning I have a certain number of hours to get everything in out of the day in yeah. terms of all the guys who work work at the business and stuff. And it's you you end up whilst that's maybe the route I'd like to take financially. I have to do this because the government wants to do twenty five percent corporation tax and they want this and they want that and they want the other before I pay anyone. Yeah, and you're like, ah, you just. It's, you know, I'm and you're handcuffed. Yeah, exactly. You you yeah. aren't able yeah. to make that positive sort of yeah. move, and that's what we're asking for. I think as business owners, you know, yeah. we sit here as business owners yeah. talking about business, and like the, you know, I think we feel restrained, and there's no positivity. No. You know, why why aren't we legislating in a way where positive actions and positive practice are actually promoted absolutely you know why is it always a negative oh if you don't do this this yeah. happens yeah you know where's the sort of like impetus and almost the sort of um aim to be able to get businesses to act positively there is yeah and what, where is that the thing the problem i have without getting the politics of it i suppose is that you look at what's in being in the media over the last six months it's all politicians cocking up with this and not declaring that and having parties and blah 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 and I'm like I'm just trying to run a business to make sure everyone's yeah. paid man like you know but there's no comeback for that 
and the same with what he did with the electric cars and stuff the other week. I'm like, this is what you set out to do, and now you're moving the goalposts. And obviously, I don't make electric cars, but I'd be pretty pissed if yeah. I was Ford and I'd moved all my engineering more than yeah. pissed. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know where. For me, I don't know where your average guy eventually stands up and starts a party or whatever and takes over. And it's a bit like the Canadian government thing. I always, my mate sent me this ages ago with a, where a doctor is head of the healthcare system and maybe he's an ex-chef, he's head of the food standards. Or, you know, where yeah. actual real life experience dictates policy. That yeah. to me is where you get changed. And until that happens, which soon as it will. And I think that's, you know, we're talking about sort of changing the world now. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think. You know, all we can do as business owners yeah. is try to, you know, you can't, we can't dictate what people do. Yeah. But we can offer choice. Yeah. And we can talk about the positive choices and the positive impacts. And, you know, everything from, you know, when you were talking about having kids in and, yeah. you know, what, how do we teach the youth yeah. about positive food choices? Yeah. You know, that's what I'm interested in yeah. as a chef. You know, there's so many other positive choices we, and sure. to do with the environment and, you know, what car you drive and how to just talk to people and things like that. But how do we make positive food choices um, without becoming sort of almost an oppressive yeah. system where everybody's like, well, I can't go there because they're trying to feed my children lettuce all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like, well, that, that's not what we're trying to yeah. do, but we're trying to also have an eye on the fact that you know, these are young people, yeah. And why? And this this is another real thing. Why, when you look at specifically children's menus, is it full of garbage? Yeah. Why has have we created a system where inherently it's okay? I'll sit here and have my nice situation yeah. and they can have the thing that's no, been thrown in the shit. fryer yeah, yeah, yeah. which has been ultra processed and is full of garbage why have we allowed ourselves to get to a point where that's the norm yeah. and that is the norm but it's the same though back to my comments on the horse meat thing is that i think your average person is normalized to a certain price on their shop yes and that's why organic and fair trade kind of came and went away and then i'll come back you know it's this ways it's not the standard and for me, that should be the standard. Yes. And, you know, yes, food is expensive to grow and to harvest and all this stuff. Yeah, especially if you're talking about regenerative farming exactly. and all that side yeah. of things. Yeah. And I just think there's, there's got to be a change in terms of, do you know what? Can't go to the cinema as much or do whatever it is you like in your spare time because the food shop is a bit more expensive. But you get more quality for your money. Paying double the price for Heinz baked beans. Yeah, someone's making more money out of that. That's all that is. But really, the organic side of things, that if that's where you want to put your money. So would, you, so would you be basically saying that you think that the only way that that's going to change is through legislation? Yeah. And through governments around the world working together to almost subsidize these products See, I and promote down, positive yeah, business practice? It comes, for me, it comes down to your own nation. So, you know, I, I have real issues at the moment with things like the cost of living has gone up you know what, let's take a year out of foreign aid. I haven't got a problem with foreign aid. I think it's a good thing, but fix your problems at home for a year, personally. Mm. Or put your own money, just for one year, just take all that money and put it in the programmes to... Shall we look at maybe the, uh, you know, the, the situation of foreign aid as like, should we look at who we're investing yeah, in? Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and um, their um, track record. Well, my friend uh, Lee, <laughs> what was it the other day when the guy said, 
you know, we give India money and they've got a space program. <laughs> it's like, ah, it's fair, isn't it? You know, it's tough. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's just stupid things like that. I'm getting above my station here, you know, I sell spam. But it's, um, you know, I think there's, that, what I worry about, to your point there, we say my daughter Ruby is, it's the choices that she has. I think you get moulded a bit like what you're saying your grandparents Isle of Wight restaurant this led you to this point in your life yes you know so if I can impact her as much with food because I've had a problem my weight up and down throughout the years but I'd rather really you that. look you look great man you know there you go like <clears throat> you don't even have to buy me a lobster dinner baby <laughs> so uh, yeah but that's that's the thing like I'd rather leave her with she's got the knowledge that maybe we didn't have as kids because yeah. it wasn't as prevalent. The education. Yeah, exactly. To make the right choice. And I think that's as important as learning maths. Yes. Because that's going to shape her life and health for the rest of her life. Which is going to impact things like the NHS. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. of course. Yeah. Now, if, if anything, it's, you know, it's a pillar of our society. You know, yeah, if yeah. we're going to have something like a national health service, well, then it needs to be brought right back to let's teach people about what they ate yeah. and the impact on health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we fail on so many levels. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's my responsibility as a parent, <coughs> primarily, as you said, to educate my kids. Yeah. But we're also people involved in the industry. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of other people out there who aren't yeah. you know there's a lot of people who aren't going to watch a podcast like this because yeah. for them it doesn't really make much sense no. and it's not until we're able to sort of like be loud enough and scary enough as an industry and it's calling upon you chefs out there and yeah. other people to really learn about this sort of almost crisis that we've got yeah. and demand yeah. that we have change yeah. and without that happening nothing's going to happen and we're going to stay there in the same sort of hamster wheel yeah. and just keep on going and we're all going to get fatter and die earlier and, yeah. and, and be more unhappy. Yeah. And, you know, it's about of why are we like that? You look at the industry in itself. You know, when I first started in this industry, it was something you were doing 60, 70, 80 hours a week and that was not weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was genuine. Yeah. And as a company, we're now looking at, we're trying to bring in 35-hour working weeks yeah, for yeah. our staff. We're trying to bring in positive sort of mentality where the work home life balance is yeah. sort of really part is, of it. Yeah. And, you know, it was always a badge of honor. You know, I, like for me, it was like almost that sort of self harming element of it yeah, where yeah. you'd go, Going in stripes. Yeah, I've earned my stripes. Yeah. I am a chef. I can do 80 hours a week for a prolonged period of time. I've worked for 37 days without a day off. Yeah. It's like, well, that's just abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if we, we really need to look at that sort of level, and I feel that actually as an industry, that is coming in. You know, yeah. like we're really starting to see changes in that sort but of don't level. Think I, from speaking to other customers, they feel COVID's done that. Yes. Because some chefs who were half in, half out, when did someone else? Yeah. Actually, we've got the weekends back, we've got their evenings back, whatever. And there was a real crisis, I'd say, a year ago about... I mean, one of the pub chains we deal with, they could not get Chef Babilio, like yeah. across a number of different outlets and were paying stupid money. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, I think, I feel it's come back a bit because chefs have got the passion and actually, I don't know, working for Amazon or whatever isn't quite that exciting. And also you're looking at like, you know, I think the food culture in this country in terms of being chef driven yeah. is so much better. Yeah. You know, and that's come through things like social media, it's come yeah. through the television, it's come through the media 
of people, you know, like you've got the progenitors of that, like your Gordon Ramsays and your Jamie Olivers who have, you know, taken children yeah. and invigorated them in a positive way to enter into the industry and be driven and dedicated towards it. You know, and like we get young kids in and they want, they sort of want that Gordon Ramsay environment. And yeah. it's like, guys, you yeah, know, yeah. no, it's not, yeah. it's not always like yeah. that. It's yeah. about let you, you know, can you get invigorated by the food? Yeah. Let's get positive about that. And then maybe we'll bring in a little bit of sort of like, yeah. the, you know, a bit of flair. Yeah. yeah. But it's true. But then it's interesting to speak. I mean, I'm privileged because I get to work with cool people like yourself, Lisa, etc. But then the amount of younger guys and gals have got coming in, like Nathan at White Hart, you know, he, most of his team, I'd say, are probably early 20s, if not younger. But they get, I mean, he's trained under some Michelin style chef, self, same as yourself. And you just get to like soak up. If you've got the right mindset, you can soak all that knowledge up. Do you know what I mean? You get yeah. all that, everything, all your experience, you've probably been the bad stuff, and they get all the good gear. Yeah, and that's it. it. But again, it's, I find it's same in my business, it's mindset. We stay in it's a long time to get the right group of people, but again, it's mindset. If you've got the right mindset, that attitude and attitude, man. And, and if you can be po you can be a positive person in you know a harsh environment, hopefully from that those those young people who are yeah. going to enter into that environment have got, as you said, the mindset yeah. to be able to sort of proliferate that as a positive thing. Yeah. And I think as you know, I think that's actually happening. You yeah. know, I I see that over the years, you know positive work ethic and people really trying to sort of have uh, care and attention to things like mental health and yeah. you know the impact of work in you know your home life and it's really asking other people I think with everything we've been speaking about before it's really asking the you know those chefs and people out there to start looking at the other side of things as well is look at your ingredients look yeah. at what's going on there read your ingredients list and demand change mm -hmm. Because without doing so, you know, we're not going to change things. And like, you know, they've grown up in an industry where, you know, change in terms of, you know, it's not cool anymore to work an 80 hour week. Yeah. You know, that's not, you know, that's not where we're at. So if they're able to sort of look at this in a much more positive way in terms of where their ingredients are from, what their sort of, you know, aim at the end of it is to create positive food, healthy food, create a healthier nation yeah. you know take the pressures off the nation in a way and as being in the food industry it comes down to us yeah to be able to do that and i suppose the beauty working here for a young guy or girl coming in is that they get a good foundation in the ethics your business stands for plus then the technique side which you yeah. guys teach from your experience and then you know i know you're creative with the guys like i've seen it for years so Oh, like we go down to the level of like with our desserts, you know, we make everything from scratch. You know, yeah. if we've got marshmallows in a shake, for example, we yeah. make the marshmallows. It's not sort of, yeah. you know, we're not buying things no. in. And, and I think to be able to sit there, you know, the other day, day we had somebody, we, we got foragers who go out and like, you know, pick mushrooms. And yeah. we got a bunch of crayfish the other day, you know, invasive crayfish. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're there like, well, what do we do with this? It's, it's like, oh, guys, here we go. You know, we're yeah. going to boil it up. We're going to basically, you know, pick them all out. We're going to make a really nice bisque. Yeah. We're going to reduce that down to a glacé. Yeah. We're going to then, you know, sort of like put that onto a burger. Yeah. So you're sat there with this sort of like, you know, maybe a chicken burger or a fish burger or something glazed in sort of like, you know, crayfish bone nice. stock, which has then got like a slaw on top of it made out of beetroot, fennel and crayfish tails and like sort of like sliced up and put through. 
And it's like, well, one, who else is serving burgers like that? I, I actually don't, no. don't no. know. Yeah. But two, you know, why aren't we as a nation, you know, we sat there with crayfish as an invasive species. Why are we not utilizing yeah. them far more? Why is there not speak about this? Yeah. You know, and why is, you know, why are we like, you know, as I said, I, you know, grew up and sort of spent my time at the seaside growing up as chef. Why are we still utilizing lobster, for example, when we've got this amazing ingredient that has got a beautiful flavor yeah. that we should be turning around and celebrating? And yeah. that's what should be everywhere. It's like, get rid of these. They are doing our rivers, streams, and lakes a massive injustice. Utilize them yeah, yeah. and, you know, and, and be passionate about it. And, and at the same time, it creates a you know environment for young chefs to sit there and go, oh, what am I doing with this? What am I going to do with this? Yeah. That's cool as yeah, fuck. Yeah, that's cool <laughs> as fuck, man. No. Yeah. And do you find, from a customer perspective, because I'd imagine, yes, and if I'd imagine a lot of your customers are returning because I spent my hands yes. on the first yeah, yeah. So do they go? My problem is here is the stuff I like. Well, I like everything you do, but there's two items in particular. <laughs> <sighs> I get a bit, of a bit of a sweat on for. So I always go for those, but I want to try something else. And do you find that people go for the specials more so, or are they mix and match in what they're doing? So I think it's mix and match, really. Yeah. I think we, you know, we we try really hard to come out with, you know, we we don't try to say weekly or daily specials yeah. because the way the way it works for us is we create something like that burger I was yeah. just talking about, and once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that could be a day, yeah. that could be two two yeah. three days. Yeah. But what we found is that with our genuine sort of repeat customers yeah. is they start off with picking something off the the, yeah. the sort of main menu yeah and then from there they start to get a little bit like oh what's this trust, yeah. and part of our sort of repertoire what we found over the years things like that if we had put that crayfish burger on five years ago yeah wouldn't have sold right and we've built up a trust Absolutely. now where people go oh we trust you mm -hmm. to be able to produce something that is not only really tasty, but also maybe a little bit innovative or maybe yeah. a little bit different. And we're willing to give that a try. Awesome. And that for me is like yeah. actually one of the most amazing things yeah. to be able to sit there. That's testament to what you've done. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's sort of, I think over time, you know, with our menu, I don't want to sort of, take away from what we're doing because I think we've got a core you know line of products which people keep on returning from and there are plenty of people who come in and eat the same thing every time or they look at the menu and you know there are certain products on that menu where people go that's what I'm gonna yeah, have yeah, and you nice. can almost guess what they're gonna have at the beginning yeah but I think from a specials point of view not only is it good for the chefs in the kitchen to Great. create like positive uh, you know creative energy but also it allows us to sort of te teach them about loads of other items. And as we found, as we were just saying, customers now actually rely on us for that. So yeah. there are a huge amount of customers who if we don't, you know, say if we've not changed the specials in a couple of days, they're like, oh guys, have you got anything new on? Uh -huh. And we're even down to level where it's like, yeah, actually we do, secret menu. Nice. You know, like sort nice. of like you're ringing up, it's like, yeah, we'll knock something up for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a little bit different because we've got chefs in there. Yeah. You know, as long as you're not coming in at Saturday night, 7.30, asking for something like <laughs> totally bespoke, yeah. we can pretty much do it. You know, if we've got the ingredients, of course we can. And yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. 
that's fun. That's, that's you know, and that's positive. That's what you want from a business, though, man. Like that, that's that's where you're gonna keep on going back because there's that special touch. Back to the fine dining. I imagine some people enjoy the fine dining because of the service. And we were talking about before, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Like that, that's its own service. You know. Like, yes. Got a date with Tina, and oh, I've got my mate Ben's gonna hook me up with some flash. You know. And there you go. It's a cool yeah. little, cool little perk, isn't it? And I think you're talking about service and stuff. And like, I personally, you know, as somebody who's even been involved, I still, you know, if I go to a, a really high-end restaurant, yeah. even as somebody who's been involved myself for 20 odd years, I sometimes am intimidated by yeah. the service. Yeah. You know, it's like, I sat there going like, am I actually doing, yeah. am I eating this properly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, Nobody should really care, man. You should just be able to just go like, yeah, that's amazing. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. But, but you can't. And you sit there, you're like, oh, what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And I think part of the whole bear kitchen thing is like, remove all that. Our way that we try to produce service and like try to get that customer coming back is, imagine you're coming over to your mate's house yeah. and he's just the most amazing the yeah, like, yeah. chef. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's just like knocking you up awesome. some amazing food. Awesome sit down and it's like here we go guys this is what you've got this is what we're doing today what do you want awesome. and i feel like that is a much better and for me as somebody in the industry kinder way yeah you know to sort of promote positive like good food and, and positive food because yeah. that intimidation can turn people off i think oh absolutely no no it's, it's definitely a thing i mean I, we deal with a myriad of clients, but I mean, home in Leeds, Liz, phenomenal, phenomenal chef. She's got one in there, phenomenal menu, love Liz to bits, and Reese, uh, her main guy. But there, because it's beautiful, you go in there, and that's what you think. But it's it's equally so homely in terms of how inviting they are. <clears throat> beautiful place to eat, beautiful service, um, real special treat. But then, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's different experience, isn't it? And equally, I know if I bring Rubes in here, she'll have a fucking wicked time, but she'd equally have a wicked time at, at home. Yeah. So it's, um, but again, it's, it's atmosphere and it's what you create. And I imagine people come back definitely for you guys because you kick around dog so long, you kick ass. But you can feel it. I mean, I've come in here on a night time and you guys are, you know, it's, it's like a vibe. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a vibe. But yeah, so it's, uh, no, man, I think you've done, you've done great work there. And I think equally, again, I come back to what's always driven me in our relationship with you guys is your ethics is still the same as they were four years ago. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's testament because so many other customers have, They've moved and changed and got uncomfortable with COVID. And one in particular, which is fantastic, which is cafe style, but nice, you know, middle of the road cafe. You go like go for your lunch after they work. I think they were all no plastic, organic. Bang bang bang. COVID hit, cheapest gear you could find. It's yeah. just been literally everything out the window. And I totally get you got to do what you got to do. Then we did what we have to do with them as well. But well, everybody did. They never came back from it. Because all the core customers who went because they like no plastic and save the dolphins or whatever it was, it went out the window for them. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's the worst. And, and you've got to ask yourself as, as an industry, you know, is it a case of, does it have to be totally customer driven? Yeah. You know, is it always about getting those customers back or is it about our almost purchasing power? You know, oh. do we take the hit? You know, as businesses, I want to make money, you want to make money. Yeah, That's yeah. part of it. But is there a side of it where we have to, from an ethical point of view, be like, well, actually, I'm going to spend 30p yeah. or a pound or a couple of quid on something to be able to get something that's having such a positive impact. Yeah. 
you know, and this is really talking to chefs and people involved in the industry, is like, buy those ingredients, please, and support those companies, yeah. and because they're the ones who are gonna make the, the, the difference. It's a great, the greatest business lesson I've, it's never been more true as we've got older. We obviously watch Wayne's World, because yeah. similar to me, awesome movie. <laughs> if you book them, they will come. Yeah. And the one thing I've learned, especially since COVID, is stick to the mission. If you stick to the mission, yeah. and you're passionate about it, people come. If you start trying to second guess yourself, which we have in the past, the shit show. Like you've just got to stick to what you're doing and yeah, do it really do. fucking well. And everyone else will come. And that's, it's, it's hard at times when times get dark to stick to that. Sure, and, and it's belief that and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's going into sort of mental health and and, yeah, and all yeah. that side of things and and i think that's you know obviously so important yeah. but like you know it's the whole you know it even breaks down to like if you meet somebody in the street and you smile at them they're yeah, going to yeah, smile yeah. back yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know take that as a business practice yeah if you're going to provide you know honest you know proper food which is not full of garbage then people are going to come back Absolutely. they're going to want more of it yeah and you know promote it and shout about it and please oh, yeah. tell people yeah. you know but i'd imagine i'd imagine most people will come here because they i know i've recommended this place to loads of people yeah. i guarantee they'll then recommend it because again good vibe good food what, word of mouth yeah hell so it's like, the best yeah it's I, the best advertising you've ever had going back to what we originally said the me too's that popped up since you guys haven't stayed because they're not doing anything original you guys are original stick to the stick to your core foundation. og man that. Yeah, yeah. That. So yeah. what's what's next steps then? What's the next steps for you guys? Well, we're not. You know what? That is actually something we're discussing. You know, is Wait, you know, do we proliferate this out as an idea? Yeah. Do we get somewhere bigger? Yeah. Do we stick to our guns? Yeah. You know, and and I think, you know, over the years, having worked for lots of different people, um, we're a little bit maybe a little bit slower to decide exactly what we're doing oh, because time, actually it? talking about it is the best idea yeah, yeah, yeah so you know i'm gonna keep that under my hat nice a little bit nice, like um and i always wear a hat so it's fine oh. um but like i think moving forward there's definitely things to come from bear kitchen yeah, yeah and i think there's definitely sort of you know positive movement there it's just in terms of weighing up sort of that ethical side and that business side how can we improve the business as it stands right now. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to leave that. I don't oh, really want to go down. No, no, that I like it, man. I like it. I like it. <laughs> and then um, final question, because I know you got some awesome uh, film and do Rian today. Yeah. So what what's your favourite dish that you do? If you recommend the first time. Specials. Specials. Like, I'm not going to turn around. Like I'm going to be totally. What's your favourite special you've made? Oh no no, I don't have favourites. It's like whenever he turns around and goes, "Oh, what's your sort of signature dish?" and yeah, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, nah yeah. man, like no, it's not about that. It's about everything's a moment, isn't it? Yeah yeah. So you're yeah, sat yeah. there. It's that ready. It's like I get enjoyment from that ready, steady cook element where it's like we've got the odd box in, we've got this in, and you know you've got one of the suppliers saying, "Oh, we've got something else," and you're like, "Right, well, how can we work all this together to make something amazing?" Wicked. And that, for me, is the biggest excitement. Not an individual dish. Okay. You know, if anything, the stuff that you churn out all the time, a bit boring, isn't it? You I know, know man. Like, so it's this, the, it, 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 for a chef, for the creative, yeah. it becomes, it's all about standardization and consistency, yeah. which is almost the tenets of being a, a chef in yeah. a way. Um, you know, even if you go up to like three Michelin stars, 
the consistency and ensuring that that product is exactly the same every yeah. time is is the key um and there's an enjoyment within that but you throw a bunch of items on the table for me and go go on benny yeah make something out of this that's where i get my kick awesome and like you know and that's what i want to pass on to other people awesome Brother, well, you do an amazing job. Anything else you want the listeners to find you on Insta, Facebook? Oh, yeah, we're on sort of like, we're on all the social media platforms, apart from TikTok, I think. <laughs> I don't really, yeah. I'm going to stay quiet about TikTok. Ryan keeps trying to raise it. I'm like, yeah, I'm uh, shit, dude, dude, yeah, I'm like, too old and China. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're on all of that. Check out our website, you know, hopefully there's going to be more of this sort of stuff to oh, come, yeah, so dude. you can, like, hear me talking about you know, gut microbiomes and, like you know, the sort of, you know, health of the nation, if you want, while I sell burgers to people. <laughs> it sounds so bizarre, but I actually think it's genuinely important. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's really it, is, you know, come in, try what we've got, and, you know, hopefully you'll go away and, as you said, really, it's word of mouth. Fucking go away and yeah, yeah, yeah. cheers, buddy. Yeah. Love Thank you, man. You. Awesome. Cheers, dude. Thank you for joining us on another Chef Life podcast. I've been your host, Alistair. If you'd like to learn more about our business, uh, you can visit us at www.cottagefoodsltd.com. Give us a follow and a like on Instagram, and we'll see you soon. Thanks.